What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It has a lot of reverberations from it. One of my favourite heist films is Dog Day Afternoon. Mm. And there's a lot of reverberation of that in this. It almost feels like a modern day version in, in some in some ways to its structure and its and the, the kind of narrative and the characters and stuff. But it's still very, very underrated, not just as a heist film, but as a as a Spike Lee film as well. Everything you want from a, a movie like this, a heist movie, it does everything really, really well and keeps you guessing for a long, long time. You know, you've got Denzel versus Clive Owen, you've got Jodie Foster and Christopher Plummer, and they just add another layer to to what would could have just been a standard heist movie they they kind of push it up Mm. into those top echelons i think hey everybody and welcome to this episode of flicks watcher podcast i'm joined by helen hello scott hello and amon hello and we're going to be talking about a spike lee joint probably our first one in the studio and that is inside man Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. With us today we have Amon and Scott. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Yeah, uh, I'm Amon Warman. I'm a uh, freelance film and TV critic. I do work for Empire Magazine. I am on radio on a weekly basis uh, for TalkSport, reviewing the week's films. Do they, do they care about films in sports radio? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I try and make the reviews as good as I can. I respect it, and hopefully that that will filter through. Um, but yeah, I do that. Um, also, when, it, when it's a sports film, do you have to, they, they have, to have more relevance, like with their Le Mans versus sorry Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, well, they really like that one because of, because of the relevance. Um, but yeah, now I try. I'm trying to turn them all into Marvel fans. It's a slow process, but you know, I, I think I'm getting somewhere. Um, so, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm also a video editor. I'm working on my annual uh, edit, some blockbuster, a montage that's coming out hopefully next month. Uh, and I'm also joining you guys in the podcast game very soon. I'm starting my own podcast with a couple people called Fade to Black. Nice. Hopefully that'll be debuting later this month. And what's nice. that about? As we as record, it's uh, later this month, but it might be out by now. So, where... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, um, it, it will be with Carice Lowry from The Independent Chief. Um, and uh, Formula of this pod. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And Hannah Flint, um, who is a superstar. She's doing everything from hosting to writing to everything. She's, she's incredible. Sounds like um, someone we should, we should get on this pod. Yes, Definitely. I will recommend. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it will have like all the normal for, sort of film reviews and film news. But what I think is going to be really cool about this podcast is that we're going to be discussing film culture and sort of stuff that happens on film Twitter on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, given what's been happening in film Twitter recently, you know, there's always something to talk about. Uh, film Twitter is a very energetic and lively place. It is. And there's not really anybody who's, uh, in my mind, sort of doing that on a weekly basis right now, talking about it with perspective and nuance. Because unfortunately, as much as I, you know, enjoy using Twitter sometimes... It, you know, it's not very good when it comes to nuance. And unfortunately, there's a lot of issues which get discussed there which need nuance and perspective. And hopefully on the Fate of Black podcast, we can bring that. Nice. Well, all the film podcasts are great for me, so I'm looking forward to hearing that 
And who are you good, sir? I'm very well. That's why I wasn't invited on the podcast, right? Because I'm not new at all. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Hey, you said uh, it yeah. no, I said it, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm Scott Davis. I am uh, mainly found on red carpets these days for Hey You Guys. I've made that a bit of a niche for myself in the last two and a half years. Is that uh, a fun thing to do? It's really fun, yeah. Mm. Not a lot of people like doing it. The gentleman to my left used to do it for a little while. And <laughs> did. I've heard mixed things. You're very good at your job there, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a specialist not a specialist job in that sense, but you have to have a bit of endurance and a bit of Tenacity, patience with it. Yeah, persistence yeah. and everything. Yeah, but having done it for two years now, I've, I've kind of got it down. Um, and it's strange to think of my life beforehand because it seems so dull and empty. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you say has been the best red carpet moment? And then who would you say has been the least? Can we just talk about that? There's two, there's okay. two really, really least ones. So there was, there's two. The main one is, and Amon's probably can back me up on this, uh, was Christoph Waltz. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. He is a chore. Let's put it, let's put it bluntly. Um, it, my experience with him was nothing compared to our good friend Stefan Pape's uh, recent yes. interview with him <laughs> at the Alita Junk uh, last year, which was, which was pretty much very viral, didn't it? But uh, it there was really him did. and Jeremy Irons, who I really like Jeremy Irons. Mm. And he came up to me and my lovely cameraman, Colin, and uh, really didn't want to do any interviews. And he came over and he said, uh, oh, hey, you guys, what's that? And we said, oh, we're like the biggest independent film site in the UK, which, which we are, aside from, you know, Digital Spy and all the big, the big guns. And he went, oh, it's online. Who's going to watch this then? And proceeded to give like a three-word answer and then just pissed off. To rub salt into the wounds that Jennifer Lawrence didn't really want to talk to anybody anyway. So yeah, those are the two. The best one, I don't know. There's been quite a few good ones. Taika Waititi at I was say, last year was every time really, seen, really Taika good. seems to enjoy being on the red carpet, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And it, it, he's one of those people where it seems as because when when you're on the carpets, when they come up, you can get a, you can hear what people are asking and what they're not asking, and yeah. you can get a sense of whether people are happy with what they're being asked or whether it's just generic stuff. But with Taika, I tried to make sure that I asked him a question that he hadn't been asked before, and I did, and that seemed to open him up a bit so it's oh, it's, it's a it's, it's a, a skill you've got, yeah. you got to have yeah. a skill to it yeah you could you can there's a lot of people out there who are just sent to do generic stuff but yeah. it's because they want like radio clips and stuff like that whereas we try and always talk about the movies you know we're not very gossipy or anything like that so i have to try and be on the ball but well, a friend from mine from uh, school does red carpet stuff for itv uh, okay lucy cotter yeah i know yeah i know <laughs> um so she she i've uh, i'm not seen her for a while though but she it looks like she enjoys it but i think from the actor's point of view, I think I'd be on the Christoph Waltz side. I'd be like, oh, fucking hell, I've got to do this. <laughs> <It's> not, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the first interview along the on Red Carpet, you're kind of like happy, but after literally ask, being asked the, second, yeah. the same question twice in a row, pisses me off. I mean, yeah. depends I would on like, the questions, I think. No, yeah, I think it, it does. It does. <laughs> I would like to think that, you know, were I to be paid, being paid that amount of money, I would know, <laughs> suck it up with a big smile on my face. Um, but yeah, the question, especially on Red Carpet's, I think people do, you know, whether it's because they need radio clips or whatever, you know, I think people do, um, don't put in the effort um, that Scott and others do. And that annoys me because there's a lot of people who would kill to be in the position you are, to yeah. be talking to the people you're talking to. Yeah. Put effort into it and you'll be rewarded for it more often than not. My, my, my rule when it comes to interviewing people is two things. Make them think, make them laugh. If you're doing that, then you're halfway in your way to a good interview. And you know, Scott is very good at it. Stefan is very good at it. And I enjoyed watching those. But there are many people. I've been on red carpet, stood next to people, and just been rolling my eyes. Like, <laughs> what are you asking? The, 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 the silly stuff you're asking. I could be, you know, using this time a lot more better. And you, what, what do you do? You're getting them annoyed. Yeah. So that when they talk to me, they're already in a pissed off mood. And it just makes it that much harder. Um, I think it depends yeah. on the, the film and the scenario that they're in, in the sense of, if it's a big franchise thing where they've been around the world and UK is like the seventh out of 20 stops yeah. by that time, they're, they're kind of out of the, you know, they can't, their brain's kind of gone to, gone to mush. But if it's a film they're really passionate about, like I spoke to Rosamund Pike uh, on Sunday for a radioactive, mm. obviously very, very keen to promote it and everything else. So she's also UK she's, based. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she's, she wanted to utilize the time to, to talk about the film, but you get other people who you can just tell aren't either, you know, they're not interested in the film per se, they know it's not very good. Or the flip side is, yeah, the UK is like the 
120th stop they've made around the world and they're just like oh but because it's made by disney or made it's a big franchise or it's marvel not saying marvel specifically but they have to they've obviously got to a point where it's like oh, i'm just sick of Again, these questions so if there are millions in my bank account that's the other I side do not care. yeah <laughs> scott how are you doing man it's like a five minute conversation about this right now but i've done it for so long now i won't won't ramble on too long but that i've i've kind of people know my face so they it's always nice you, with, yeah nice. so yeah. the biggest one of them, uh, there was a, there was a period over the last two or three years where I spoke to Florence Pugh about 15 times and by the thought of fourth or fifth time I was like oh hey Florence how you doing she's like oh you again here we go <laughs> <laughs> here we go again but she, she's 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 so nice but you get some people who you're just like oh my god they, they remembered who, who I am that's, that's pretty cool are so, you going to be oh, there on the famous. Black Widow uh, red carpet to see Florence again if it goes ahead with everything that's going on, obviously, but uh, but we'll we'll see. But if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would imagine that would my be... number. We are recording at the time of coronavirus, guys, so we'll, I'm not sure how things are going to uh, manifest. But we but are we're not to, touching. We should point out. We are here to talk about uh, Spike Lee's Inside Man, and I'm on. You chose it. I did. So can you tell us uh, first of all why you chose it, and give us a synopsis in one minute or less? Uh, yeah, why I chose it. Uh, Denzel Washington is my favorite actor of all time. Uh, he's worked with Spike Lee a lot. And uh, this is one of the best collaborations, in my opinion. Uh, Spike Lee, um, you know, he's known for sort of hard-hitting uh, films, uh, which are very sort of culturally and socially relevant. And this has a touch of that. But in terms of just pure entertainment, I think this is the most purely entertaining film, and I love it for that. In terms of what it's about, uh, Inside Man, when well-organized robbers led by Clive Owen's character sort of take over a Manhattan bank, um, detectives uh, Frazier and Mitchell, played by Denzel Washington and Chiwetel Ejiofor, they get called, called in to negotiate. And meanwhile, Christopher Blummer's character, who owns the bank, uh, he uh, pays a fixer, played by Jodie Foster, uh, to sort of protect his interests. I mean, you've, the cast there was straight away for me. I was like, oh, it's got Denzel. I, I hadn't heard of this. I don't know why it surpassed me. Uh, Helen Flinch there. Um, <laughs> I, I love Spike Lee, but I'm not a com- Spike Lee completist. And, um, but that, that cast, Chewie was uh, early on in his career at that point, but gives a fantastic performance. We don't see enough of Jodie Foster, do we, these days? We had... Uh, we don't. We yeah. had... Um, Silence of the Lambs, Silence but that was Lambs. like ages ago. It wasn't, but we, we had that in, in the yeah. pod booth, and that's like, she's fucking brilliant. And she's great in, in the role that she had here as well. Um, but yeah, what do, you rec- what do you guys reckon about the cast and how they c- kind of put it all together? I love the cast. I mean, as I say, Denzel Washington mm. is great. And, you know, I think everyone in this movie is really, really good at being menacing without raising their voice. Denzel has made a career out of doing that very, very well. I rewatched The Magnificent Seven the mm. remake the other day and he does that a lot. And it's just like, you know, he can be whispering it in your ear and if you are on the receiving end of this guy, you want to run. Denzel Washington is really good at that. But every character in this is almost really, really good at doing that. I love... Willem the- Dafoe you missed. Willem Dafoe? Oh my God, I missed <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, He's just a side character. Yeah, but I mean... You know, these, in, in many of the films that we've seen, the people playing these characters, these are stock characters. Mm. But because the acting is so good and the script is so sharp, this, they're more than stock characters in this film, which I really, really love. Um, you know, just in terms of Denzel and Chiwetel working together as detectives, I love it when they, they riff mm. and it almost, it's almost like they're finishing each other's sentences. There's a bit near the end where they just had a really massive scene and Denzel has just done his thing on Christopher Plummer's character. And Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor's character is like, let me see your shoe. And Denzel's like, why, why? He's like, let, let me see your shoe. Because I've never seen somebody put their foot up on somebody's ass. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just laughing. It's, it's great. And their chemistry is so good and evident that you can see that. Um, but yeah, Christopher Plummer and Jodie Foster are really, really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, Jodie Foster playing a fixer. Like, we, we don't typically see fixes in the guys that Jodie Foster is and because she's, she's almost like a white collar criminal in this she's very sort of sharply dressed yeah. and the way she interacts with everyone in the film she has a very good smug look she smug a lot in this film um, so yeah I really, really like that too but it's got I was just going to drop the bombshell that I interviewed Denzel Washington for this or for <laughs> something else? Uh, for fences. For fences, oh. And I will be honest, I've never sweated so much in my life. <laughs> he is, he is, he is, uh, he is a, he Has he got a reputation, Denzel? No, no, it's oh, just, it was just, I don't even do it. For, it was just Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah, and I, mean, I walked in and he was in a black jumper and black sweats and trainers. 
And when I sat down, it was kind of like, oh my God, sensitive. <laughs> Within 30 seconds, you're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. He was yeah. just talking, he was, he was like moving his hands. Yeah. This guy was amazing. I was just going to drop that in. I, I also have Denzel, Denzel Washington, my favorite actor of all time. He was the first <laughs> person, the first actor I ever spoke to doing this. I've been doing this for like nine years. Nice. And yeah, it was 2011, it was for Safe House. It was, it was one of those that, like, I've been, I've been so sort of new and fresh. It was, like, one of my first ever press conferences. When I, and I'd been, you know, barely been into London, let alone in a fancy hotel. So my, my brother will tell you afterwards, I'm like, you know, when I, when I, when I was phone them, it was like, the hotel, the carpet is so soft, so, like, that, That's how new and fresh I was, this entire thing. But anyway, Denzel Washington and I, back, back then I had a full-time job. And I was actually meant to be working on the day of the press conference. And mm. I said, look... If I work the entire day before, the day before, can you give me the time off so I can go to this press conference? And they're like, yes. So there was no way after all of that 10-hour shift or whatever I did that I wasn't going to ask a question to the Safe House press conference. Uh, I had my arm up for time. And I think I was like the second to last question in the room for the journalist. And they picked me. And obviously, you know, I've gone through this question every which way in my head. There, there, there can't be any way this can be construed as a dumbass question. This is Denzel Washington. Um, I asked him, your producer as well as an actor in this film, what made you want to become so involved? And I got through the question pretty much okay mm -hmm. without stuttering. About halfway through, my brain clocked that I was speaking to Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> the way the facial muscles changed, I can't see, I, I can't see, but I'm telling you, the, my facial muscles changed because my brain clocked it. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, but yeah, he was the first actor I ever spoke to doing this. And yeah, it's not a moment I forget. <laughs> He's got such a, a fantastic smile, hasn't he? He really uh, does. Just really kind of radiant. And with that is menacing in like training day, but also like, um, in fences, it's a different kind of smile that comes across. And in this, it was like authoritative and, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing and, you know, everyone's good. And he, I think he's great in every single film I've seen him in. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that you were a big Spike Lee fan because I counted, is it four times they've worked together? Or is it this more is, than that? This is the fourth. And I think it's the, f I think you're right, it's four. Okay. Yeah. Which, which Have you the seen them you? all? So I got Mo Better Blues. I haven't seen them all, but I know it's Mo Better Blues, uh, Malcolm he, X, Malcolm X mm -hmm. he got game in, and, in this and movie. This. He's now switched to his son, <laughs> John David Washington, obviously in Black Clansman, which is another great movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to... Denzel, can you, can you recommend <laughs> anyone? <laughs> there, there was meant to be a sequel to this movie, and Spike Lee has talked about it a few times, but unfortunately it's been shelved. Um, but I would watch that in a heartbeat, and there's still a lot to... While you're saying that, we can't really have any context for the listeners, but we're looking at a screen there, and it does say mm. right there, two-movie collection. So well, there is a sequel somewhere. No. no. Is that not that... a two-movie collection? What is that? I, I'm interested. I, is that Jamie Foxx as well? <laughs> I think I think it's Inside Man was Fox. turned into a, a TV show oh, very briefly, cool. and that's what Inside Man Most Wanted was. Right. I, I, think, I, okay. I think that's right. Um, but yeah, I would very much watch a sequel to this movie. I, I just love all the characters. I love how intelligent everybody is. I know, I mean, there's been a number of heist films which have sort of, you know, either really sort of really great criminal and that's just that, or, you know, really sort of master sort of, you know, crime solver. The best heist films, which is, I think this, this qualifies, the ones which have both. And when they, when you can sort of have them matching their wits with each other. And that's what this film has. And the, 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 that's why the best scenes for me are where, Denzel is talking to Clyburn's character and is mm. trying to sort of suss him out. Especially, you know, it's, it's an interesting challenge for Denzel in this because Clyburn's character has his face covered for most of the film. So he's got to sort of react to just sort of this. Um, but you really sort of feel that tension between them. And uh, yeah, by, by the end of the movie, you can tell that both of them respect each other. And I really like that touch. What were you, what's your thoughts on, on Inside Man? Um, so I, I love this film. I saw it when it yes. came out at the cinema. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, really pleased when you selected it because um, I thought, yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching this again. Watching it again, we've talked a lot about Denzel, but Clive Owen, what happened to him? There was one point where he was kind well, of was in, in everything. In and potentially he He's was on the Betfair be... Exchange now. There's <laughs> <laughs> those Betfair Exchange adverts, isn't he? Which I don't know if that's But there's a, one time, you know, but... he was the next James Bond. Yeah. And he was in everything. And I, then... I honestly thought he was... He was really close to being James Bond. I, th I don't know if he was on the initial list, but I th around when Inside Man, I think it's the same year or maybe the year before the year after, he made Closer as well. So it was two, mm. two yeah. big kind of movies. How that... long after um, The First Born was that as well? 
this well, first born was 2002 so this was four okay. years exactly. after yeah. but this yeah. is this was 2006 which is the same year as casino royale i know he made shoot them up in 2007 mm. yeah. And she, yeah it was yeah. kind of very hot property and you know he's he's good in this yeah mm. Um, I think this is his best Denzel performance. I, yeah, I'm not that big a fan of Clive Owen. Um, Kobe. Uh, he's good in Closer. He's good in Closer. Yeah, he's good yeah. in Closer. Children of Men. And yeah. Children of Men. Mm. But I saw, does anyone watch Kobe Enthusiasm? Yeah. Because he, he he was a guest spot in, in a recent episode of Curb. And I was just like, he just seems so wooden mm. against maybe against all the playing around like Larry David and Jeff Garland do. Mm. But um, I just thought he just didn't look like he sat well and he didn't look so happy in it. And I, sometimes I find his... Um, Pats are a bit kind of wooden. Um, and I thought the same in this, but in, in Closer, I thought it was great. In Shoot Em Up, I thought it was great. And mm. Children of Men, I thought it was great. But sometimes I just feel like closed off by him. Uh, uh, maybe that's just me. Did you think he was closed off in this? I think he was, but necessarily so. Mm. Um, and his and when he had his interview talking about how he, how he kind of set up the heist, it was noticeably different to the rest of the guys. Ziggy, yep, James Ziggy, Ransom, yep, <laughs> um, from The Wire. Um, he was in there. It was, and it was really... But I found... Do you find those kind of... I found those interviews kind of took you out of the story a bit. Because mm. um, I didn't really see why you needed them there and in, in that kind of context of the... In the flow of the, of the film. I take your point. I grew to, to really like that element because it's, you know, it freshens up um, the sort of the structure of how mm. these things are going. And it also, once you sort of begin to understand what they are, when, when the first one comes, it's like, okay, this sort of came out of nowhere. When it starts repeating, you're like, okay, so some of the people in the bank, these are, the, these are flash forwards to interviews. And it keeps you guessing as to what is going on. Yeah. Are they actually the bank robbers? Are they just plants? And Again, it's, it's a really nice way to sort of freshen up the structure and the, and of, of these things because they can, you know, we've seen sort of films in this genre, which, you know, fairly generic, but this is one way in which it freshens it up. And again, anytime you get to see Chiwetel and Denzel just riffing on each other mm. and you know, joking and then being serious and then being joking and then being serious and all that sort of stuff, it really, really worked for me. Yeah, I liked it. And I think it's distracting and a distraction as well at the same time. And right. it, it's, it's kind of clever. I think it was, um, if I read correctly on, when I was doing a little, watched it last night and did a little Wikipedia on the writer, he was very keen to have a lot of red herrings to kind of get you off the scent. And that was part of his, like you say, part of the structure was to kind of, because any of those people could have been Clive Owen, you know, because you don't see enough of it. Denzel doesn't see enough of him and you don't see enough of him in the cameras and everything else to really decipher who it is. So Mm. it could have been any of them. It could have been, you know, the woman where they were talking about the, she's got a giant ass, all that kind of stuff. It could have been the rabbi or whatever, whatever. So I think it adds to the to the mystery of it. I, but I would agree to a point that after a while it becomes slightly repetitive mm-hmm. in a way and takes you out a little bit. Um, but I think for the most part they they work. But I, for me, I, we'll go back to Clive Owen. I think this is his best performance. I, when I watched it again last night, it was really, really, really strong. I thought, and you know, in terms of a bad guy, I think maybe he is, was better suited back then to playing a bad guy than. Because I can closely, obviously, he, he plays romantic interest, but he's a little bit of a arsehole in that role, yeah. isn't he? So maybe he does that quite well. Maybe they just <laughs> run out of ro- they run out they run out of roles for him uh, recently. But yeah, he hasn't been on the radar for a while, mm-hmm. has he? He was because Children of Men was what two thousand seven, two thousand eight. This is definitely his peak period. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we did mention Jodie Foster. No one's mentioned that. I can't remember who it is, but who is it who calls her? It's very early is it, on, isn't it? Is it, is yeah. it the, the, the guy that plays the mayor? Yeah, it's the mayor. I think yeah. Peter something. Um, yeah, that was a great line. It's a great line. It's not something like it's the, it's, the, it's the delivery. Yeah. You know, the, with the smile. Goes, You're a magnificent cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, so. As, high, as far as high films go, how does this kind of rank in your, don't necessarily need to rank, with, you know, one to five, but how does it kind of fall in your esteem of these kind of films? These kind of giants? Right, it's top 10 for me. Right. I think, I, could, I think you know, in terms of just pure fun along with smarts, I think Ocean's 8 is at the top of that. In terms of smarts and tenseness, I think Heat will be will probably mm. top that. Um, yeah. And I think this is if it, I think this falls into the, the smart intense as opposed to the smart and fun. But I still really really like it. It has a lot of reverberations from it. One of my favourite heist films is Dog Day Afternoon, mm. and there's a lot of reverberation of that in this. It's almost it almost feels like a modern day 
version in, in some in some ways to its structure and its and the, the kind of narrative and the characters and stuff. But it's still very very underrated, even what oh, yeah. fourteen years later. Yeah. In terms of not just as a heist film, but as a as a Spike Lee film as well, very very underrated. Um, but I think it, everything you want from a, a movie like this, a heist movie, it does everything really really well and keeps you guessing for a long long time. It has enough. Well, I was watching it last night. There's not a lot of say action in it, but it's not about that. It's about no. the the kind of the, the smarts and and you know all the characters being so kind of inviting in terms of what they're what they're about you know you've got Denzel versus Clive Owen you've got Jodie Foster and Christopher Plummer and then even like like you said about the cast before Willem Dafoe and and uh, Shuertel playing stock characters mm. but because the material is so good and because it's Spike Lee they all want to be involved and they just add another layer to to what would could have just been a standard heist Some movie they, they kind of push it up mm. into those top echelons I think and when you chose them when they started I was like oh it's a heist film by Spike Lee I can't see how this is going to be of any interest to me uh, but then as the film plays out it's like the different layers like the first time I recognised it was Ziggy uh, James Ransom as the character was when he pulled off the mask and kind of acted like a dissenter as one of the hostages mm-hmm. and then like five minutes later you're like oh is he one of the bad guys and it's things like that and then the, fal- the false um, execution and the way they played out and find out eventually that those were toy guns mm-hmm. so you could just see all the different layers and obviously then there's the reveal at the end where Clive Owen doesn't escape, but the rest of the hostages are stroke um, uh, bank robbers, and he's hid in this own cell. They spent all that time making this fake cell for him to hide out for a month, for a, for a week. So he's just like, oh, well, hey guys. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. great. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. what he did there. I think yeah. that's very well done. Well done, Spike. Mm. The one thing I would say is that he has that line, that really great monologue at the beginning of the films, and that I'm only going to say this once, mm. which really catches the attention. He says, I'm only going to say this once, twice. twice yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I mean, that's yeah. a very small thing to have, have a problem with. Um, yeah. I, I really like it because it's not too showy. It's mm-hmm. really, really clever, but it doesn't go, hey, look at us. We're being really, really clever. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when it, this came out and Spike Lee kind of talked a little bit about um, how it's sort of his post 9-11 film and how it kind of played with racial prejudices particularly at the start. And I think that's really interesting as well. And rewatching it again, those things kind of really stood out for me. Um, I forget the guy's name now, but he he's also in The Life Aquatic. With Steve, with Steve Zizzle? Yes. Um, I don't know who you mean. Um, the actor? Yeah, the actor. What, who's in this? Yes. Willem Dafoe? No, oh, no they're, both in, they're both in it. They both play a character called Vikram, but I can't remember the actor's name. I should have written it down. Um, but we I, know can, who you, we can, I know who you mean. And basically yeah. he gets his turban taken off him. Oh, yes. 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 The yes. big yes. argument about that. And then there's uh, some other things as well. What you're saying about Dog Day Afternoon is there's a character in that who was also in Dog Day Afternoon as well. Oh, there is? Yeah. Is it Marjorie? Isn't the older woman who's in it? She was also in... Really? Was she yeah. the lady who oh. didn't want to strip? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that was her. Um, and also what you say about the, the action scene at the end, apparently there never was any kind of like shootout or action sheet mm. and it was just kind of thrown in at the end because he thought well we should probably do that to make it a bit exciting so there's loads of really interesting stuff that are happening outside of the film as well mm-hmm. i think one I thing enjoy. for um that i was gonna mention was that, that makes it feel very spikely is the amazing kind of jazzy score yes it yeah, is it's good, it? absolutely yeah. incredible yeah. and it, it just it gives it that kind of that spikely soulfulness mm. That, that makes it very different to... Because, you know, this could have been... A, someone else could have taken this on, an, an action director who could mm-hmm. have just made the heist movie and everything else. But because of Spike Lee, his way of handling the material, but then adding his layers in, and one of those, that amazing score, as soon as you, it starts, which is it's kind of a strange score for... Because it's very jazzy for what's mm. essentially a big kind of movie. Yeah. Really adds that that Spike Lee touch, yeah. touch that, to it. Um, Spike has used Terence Blanchard in Terrence a number, Blanchard, of, in number of films before. He used him in Black Clansman. Mm. It's interesting, uh, sort of the, one of the big tracks from Black Clansman is, uh, was first used in Inside Man, which was called Photo Ops. I think it's called, I think it's got two S's in the Black Clansman score because it's, it's the second time he's used it. I think in the Inside Man score, it's called Photo Ops. Either with one S or one P, I, need, I forget. Um, but yeah, there's different variations of that track all the way through. And it's just one of those things, you know, it's a very good example of how music can be rendered to 
give you different feelings because you can make it sound light, you can make it sound frothy, you can make it sound big and operatic and you get all of those different variations all the way through and it's really, really great. We also, we're talking about music, like A.R. Varman did that mm. amazing sort of uh, uh, track for the um, opening titles. I think I'm, <laughs> I was going to try, it's like, Changa Changa Changa, I don't know. Changa 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 Which is a jam which everyone <laughs> should have on the iTunes. It's a banger. And uh, yeah, that's a really enjoyable thing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of many sort of Spike Lee-isms that Inside Man has. It's interesting going back and reading the reviews of this. People were just saying this is like, you know, despite Lee making sort of a purely sort of mainstream straight movie. But one of the great things about this movie, one of the great things about auteur directors working on sort of big movies like this is that they can bring their own yeah. style and idiosyncrasies and put it into genre films. That's why, you know, one of the best sort of Marvel films is like a Thor Ragnarok with yeah. Taika Waititi because you, you got the superhero film with the Taika Waititi flavor. This is a heist film with the Spike Lee flavor. And you mentioned the sort of this, the focus on sort of racial and prejudices as a couple of things, a couple of examples of that in this film, which is very, very spikely. Mm-hmm. The opening credits is very, very spikely. And there's a number of other spikely isms all the way through the, the, the dolly cam shot you were talk, talking about before mm-hmm. uh, we started recording. So, yeah, I love all of that. And uh, I'm, I'm all for sort of directors bringing, putting their own stamp on uh, sort of archetypal films which, you know, have been made in genetic before. Mm-hmm which have a certain structure to them. And uh, anytime sort of uh, an auto director like Spike Lee sort of comes in and brings their own flavour, it only sort of elevates it. Yeah, I mean, and also I think for this, um, this is probably like my entry point for Spike Lee. Oh, really? Because, um, I mean, it's kind of hard before Netflix and things like that were around. It was kind of hard. There was a time before Netflix? <laughs> what are you talking about? Unless you went out and like bought the, the you know, the DVDs and things. It, you know, Spike Lee wasn't on TV. Mm. He was certainly never like on well, it, the BBC. Channel 4 showed uh, Spike Lee. And that's where I first saw his earlier films, certainly. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it's not. And yeah. Back in those days, it wasn't It wasn't on a, just a constant merry-go-round of, um, of the films you see often. Yeah. Mm. And this, uh, you know, having a film like this, which is maybe not kind of a typical Spike Lee to some people, people will go and see it and go, man, I like that. That's great. I want to see more of this mm-hmm. guy's film. So yeah. I don't see why people had a problem with him making a film like this. Mm. I think you've got to be able to make any any film you want to. And initially, again, it was like, oh, Spike Lee made this. So I did, I did have that kind of sense of like... <laughs> Disappointment as in a similar kind of vein as oh, Spike Lee made a remake of Old Boys. Now, why is he doing this, man? Um, but why shouldn't he? Is, is the thing. Why, why shouldn't you make the film that he wants to do? And I say Thor Ragnarok was so glad that Taika Waititi got to, <laughs> the chance to make the film that he wants to make. And I'm so good to that Edgar Wright didn't get a chance to make his Ant Man. Do you know what I mean? And um, the Lego movie guys didn't get the chance to make their version of Solo. You need those. If you're going to get these guys with their kind of vision, you've got to let them do what they want to do with the film and fucking put their stamp on it. And I'm I'm not sure I saw as much of a Spike Lee stamp as I'd like on this, but I'm certainly glad there are definite flourishes there through it. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song Song by by Song. Song where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, You might know him for his gravelly voice. (coughs) Very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's go to the FlixWatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Amon, with the recommendability, please. Uh, 
five. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that'll be weird. Like I, I picked this film, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with five. Okay, where does, where does this kind of rank? We did talk about Spike Lee before coming to scores. Where does this kind of sit in the Spike Lee? It's not really universe. Is it it's called? a top five for me. Right. I put it probably fifth. Um, so you got Malcolm X number one. I've still not seen that again. This is like Kobe. Wanted what? What? <laughs> if that is on Netflix, we are certainly. I'm coming back for that one. Um, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to get my. Well, list. We've got Black Klansman. Um, she's got habits. Yeah. Um, Mo Better Blues. See, I, I'm, I I'm also seen, remember I'm I enjoyed Twenty Fifth Hour when that came out. It's the Edward Norton. Oh, Twenty Fifth Hour. I was going to say Twenty Fifth Hour. I love Twenty Fifth Hour. I think it's great. I very recently saw um, She's Gotta Have It, and apart from the one scene, I thought it was brilliant. What was the one scene? I was like, in fact, don't spoil yeah. it. We're not allowed to spoil it. <laughs> uh, Sum- Summer of Sam as well was really good. Oh, that yeah. That was him, wasn't That's it? brilliant. Mm. Did you do Clockers as well? Clockers, yeah. Yeah. So, so many good films. Mm. I need to, I need to, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not confident. I, I need to rewatch more Spike Lee films before I sort of put the, the, put the stamp on it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. We won't hold you to it, so you can say <laughs> as now. Say, say, top, top half, top it's, it's five ish. Yeah, in the top half. Okay. I know it's a top five Denzel film. Mm. Um, Obviously, Malcolm X. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't get over the fact that you haven't watched this. Film. I just haven't. Um, I just oh haven't yeah. Um, so Malcolm X one, Training Day two, um, Training Day we've had in, in the studio. Good stuff. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, Men- fences. That's a, a good reason. No fences would be in my top five, but I really like it. Um, da, da, da. Ricochet. Virtuosity. No. some classics. Come on, now, <laughs> on. Let's keep, keep up Denzel with it. Now. Hurricane. The hurricane, he's great in I like hurricane. hurricane. Yeah. I'm not sure it'd be in my top five, though. He's great in the um, hurricane, yeah. Right, here we go. Right. The Denzel, Man I do have Man a top on five. Fire? Man on Fire. I love Man on Fire. Absolutely. It'd be just out Simon. Oh, two guns. Tide. He did, um, <laughs> he did a Shakespeare. Yeah, he did a Shakespeare. What you do about nothing? Yeah, what you do about nothing? Yeah, yeah. He's good in that as well. Yeah. Is there a bad, that's another, that's, that's another discussion. Is there a bad Denzel Washington performance? I don't think there is. one of many reasons why he is my favorite actor I don't think there is. It's very tough to... But yeah, that it will be high in the filmography of both Denzel and Spike for me. Um, and you know, they they have you know one of the greatest tandems in film history for yeah. my my money. Their track record speaks for itself. Um, you will understand more of this once you watch Malcolm X, Kobe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's on the list. It's it's, okay. a, it's an oversight. Good. Good. <laughs> Recommendability score. I'll go for because of my slight issues with some of the um, things we we're talking about before. I would say four point five. Sure. Uh, Helen? Uh, I'm going to go for a five. There is no one that I wouldn't recommend this to. I think it's got a really broad appeal to most people. Obviously, wouldn't recommend it to children. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) within the certificate or whatever it is. But yeah, I think it's it's really clever. And I think the performances are are really great in it. And yeah, I I just think it's great. Yeah, I'll go 4.75 here. I think the it's, it took me by surprise, and I'm uh, happy happy that it did. Um, it's not a two guns blazing um, heist movie where everyone's going to die left, right, and center. So that might put some people off. They might think, "Oh, it's a bit slow for them." Yeah. Um, but I think it was great. I'm glad they, glad you brought it to the uh, to the pod booth. Um, me too. Repeat viewing score, Amon. Um, How many times have you seen this? Do you reckon? Not enough. I w- <laughs> I would go I would go four. Okay. I'll go for like, you know, I'm glad I sort of, you know, uh, saw this on Netflix and rewatched it again for this pod because I really enjoy it. And I think I have the DVD somewhere. Um, but I haven't watched this uh, too many times um, for whatever reason. I, I, I can't even pinpoint the, the reason why, but uh, yeah. Sorry, that sounds four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got four on it. Scott. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say I'd say four as well. It's not something that I've gone back to a lot, but I have gone back to it myself. Um, and I think people would if they, as you say, if you get over the the fact that it's a heist movie, but a smart heist movie. Mm. I think, particularly for modern audiences, you know, this is nearly fifteen years old now. I think they'd get quite Gosh. a big kick out of it. So I'd say four as well. I just had a birthday the other day, and you make me feel old. <laughs> you think you're old, <laughs> <laughs> Helen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go in the four party as well. So um, four party. I definitely saw this when it came out. And I think I'd seen it after that um, 
like perhaps on Sky or something like that. And yeah, this time around, it had been enough time for me to kind of remember vaguely bits, but not remember everything. And yeah, I really enjoyed watching it again. Um, I'm going to go for two and a half here. I don't think I'm, I'm going to watch you that often. You had to break up the four party, didn't you? Yeah, I did. did. <laughs> Get out of here, four people. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to watch that that much, but I, I definitely need to watch it again because we, we want to see how some of the film plays out. I want to see, I did know, I was wondering why they were kind of digging into the sewage pipe. And obviously that's for him. So he has somewhere to mm. relieve himself, I guess, once he's stuck in prison and stuff like that. And there's, so there's things like that. We kind of think, oh, would I, if I was paying attention, would I have understood what they were doing to, to do that? Yeah. It's such an interesting because watching it back this time, you pay extra attention to that line. It's like, oh, yeah. that's, that's a perfectly good shithole. But you don't <laughs> actually realise he's being literal. Yeah. <laughs> They've actually thought about this. Yeah. There's so many films, you're like, mm, yeah. what, how are they going to yeah. poop? And, yeah, yeah. That's well, how I mean, clever you know, Yeah, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> we didn't really speak about it much uh, so, uh, earlier, but I love how, you know, arrogant Clive Owen's character is because he's like, oh, I've obviously planned this to perfection. He said that to a couple characters a couple of times. <laughs> just like, okay, dude, but you no, know, by the end of the movie, it's justified. I like that. And it's also, yeah, when, when they plant, when he plants that, that bug in the office. Yeah. I'd like to see how that plays out again and see how that ties in with what they were doing inside the bank versus outside the bank as well. Mm. I was trying to think, it's like, oh, when did they start? When did I actually really know exactly what they were talking about? Because... Mm-hmm. He was playing them like a fiddle. He really was. Um, yeah, so 2.5, not going to watch it much, but I think it definitely does need a rewatch based on knowing what's going to come along. Small screen score, I'm on. I'll go four again. Um, typically, you know, when it comes to uh, films, I would highly recommend seeing on the big screen. I'm talking about sort of effects-driven movies. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Marvel movies. If you did not go and see Avengers Infinity War or Avengers Endgame on the big screen, there's something wrong with you. Um, Inside Man, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd always advocate for the big screen experience over the TV screen experience. So I would say, you know, you know were it to you know be re-released or to have a reunion or to have that sort of special go and see it on the big screen, but it's still satisfying watching it on a small screen. Um, so I would say four. Scott, I'm going to go for three and a half. I watched it on a small screen yesterday, okay, and it still works. I think that's because I've seen it before. However, if I'd have watched it on a small screen for the first time, I don't think I would have maybe enjoyed it quite as much. I think you should see it on the big screen. Yeah. I think it's definitely a big screen movie. I think the fact that, it, is it shot in New York or? Yeah. yeah. A lot of the locations and everything make it really worthwhile. You know, it's a very physical film as well. You know, mm. it's it's shot for real, apart from obviously the bank stuff. There were quite moment, a few but, nice tracking shots. Mm. They had the, the, um, the dolly cam. The dolly cam. And yeah. then also you had uh, Jodie Foster and Christopher Plum uh, walking down the river, yeah. one of the rivers. Um, which looked quite cool. Yeah, and there's the opening scene that like you saying with that with the music um, song at the beginning. You know, they follow the van through through the streets and everything else. Yeah. I do think it's a really uh, a film to see on the big screen. However, it's not opposed to the small screen. I just think you'd get a little bit more out of it. So I would say three and a half. Helen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go four. I did really enjoy seeing it at the cinema, um, and then really enjoyed watching it um, at home as well. So again, yeah, if you can watch it on a big screen do i mean tv size <laughs> bigger um, but if you can only watch it on your tv don't i mean don't watch it on anything smaller than a tv so i watch it on my ipad um <laughs> <laughs> it's an, when, you, when you have to watch a lot of films and you're traveling and yeah. you're moving house that's okay yeah it's fine is um, it though helen is it <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah i mean i'm just just come out the other end of moving house so things were like my rtv was flitted across to our new house, so we had nothing to watch TV on. For How many inches week. is your TV? Uh, 45. Okay. Yeah, in a small room, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, Boyd Hilton's got like an 18-inch TV or something. Yeah, he's got... Yeah. He's just basically got like a screen <laughs> screen eight <laughs> in Cineworlds in uh, Empire Square. Uh, mine's 52. <laughs> All right, lads. <laughs> um, 50, if anyone is wondering. <laughs> but I am the kids upgrade very soon. Um, I think... I, Honestly, I'm going to go for 4.5 here. I didn't think there was that much that needed to be in the cinema, but I didn't I didn't get the score aspect. So I think I'm going to go to Spotify, find the score and and try and involve, um, get myself into that into that mode a bit. But it didn't hit me. But I always tend to wear decent headphones when I'm on the iPad as well. So that's sh- maybe just passed me by, but I'll try 
and pay attention. And that goes again, possibly to the repeat viewing score. Listen out for the score. Listen out for the for the kind of uh, secrets that were, that kind of expose what's going to happen later on in the film. Mm. Engagement score. Hmm. I am going to go with five for this actually. Okay. Um, because. It's got, you know, I mentioned it a couple of times already, that opening to the scene with Clive Owen, just the one person shot and everything's coming into focus and the, the dialogue he's saying. If that doesn't grab your attention, mm. there's something wrong with you. And then obviously after that, it goes into, um, chicka ching, 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 I'm going to use every opportunity I can to say, um, and you know. Is A.R. Roman still getting work? You know, he, had, he had Jai Ho. Which is uh, another banger. Yeah. Up, you know? um, but um yeah, and then for me, you know, I've spoken to, uh, to a couple of times already, but Denzel Washington is my favourite actor of all time and I will find any film where I see him on screen very difficult to turn off. Mm. But if you, even if you don't factor in any of that, once the mystery starts getting going and, you know, the heist of it all starts getting going and, you know, everyone's trying to sort of suss each other out and outmaneuver each other, that's something I want to see play out and, you know, see sort of what happens uh, as as it goes along. Because I want to, the beauty of the film, films like this is that, especially a film which has so many smart characters in it, mm. um, you want to try and figure it out as all the characters are trying to figure it out. You want to try and figure it out really before they do. And because the film is so smart, you know, it, all the reveals uh, are satisfying. Um, so... When, when you're watching a film like that, that's something which, you know, I, I'll be glued and engrossed and it'll be very difficult to, to turn away from it once I start watching it. Scott? I think I would agree with Amon. Uh, we can't do it. We can't do it. Coronavirus. I would say, I would say five. Because... For, for, for the dear listener, they tried to do a high five and then pulled out with about an inch to go. <laughs> we came very close, but not close enough. Yeah, I would say five as well. I think I agree with everything Amon said. I think it's what it's so smart and so well done and so well paced and the characters uh, as you say you, you, you kind of want to work it out before they do in the in the best way i was always going to say we didn't even mention in the beginning but i love how it reminded me a bit of the prestige when i was watching it last night which mm. ironically was 2006 as well where in the first scene they tell you everything and but tell you nothing yep and i love that i love that they tell you exactly what you're going to find out, but not how you're going to find out and the why and the how. I absolutely love that. So I think for that alone, most people would sit and watch those op that opening minute and a half and just go, I want to know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And then the follow through as well, the fact that we talked about before that Clive Owen's character really is a formidable foe mm -hmm. to Denzel and mm -hmm. pretty much he, he outfoxes everybody. Yeah. Um, I think you want to see that go through for the two hours, I think. So I would say definitely five. What were you going to say there? I was going to say master criminal versus, you know, Master Detective is mm. just, uh, I love films like that. I really, mm. really do. Helen. Um, so I was just trying to remember what, when I rewatched it. So I watched this on a flight and it was the perfect length of the flight and uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. And it's it's so tasty, this film, that there is no way that you're not going to be 100% engaged because if you're not, then you're just going to miss everything and you're not going to get it and you're not going to enjoy it. So a five from me. Am I going to spoil the five party? <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> no, I said, am I? That's the question. Oh. Um, again, when it started, I was like, oh, Spike Lee's doing the heist film. Um, but then you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Let's just readjust myself here. <laughs> Let's just readjust because Spike Lee's doing a heist film. And it does... And it does Breaks all the different all the conventions we typically see, and it's you have to you do have to pay attention. What's Jodie Foster doing in this? Why, why? What is Christopher Plummer up to? And oh, these are all like side quests and tasks that do get satisfactorily satisfactorily resolved, um, as well as what's going on in in the in the bank, what's going on with the police, and what's going on with all the other kind of aspects of it. So, um, I'm I'm gonna have to give it a five because you have yes! to. Yes. Welcome to the fire party, Kobe. Thank you. Biscuits are just in the corner over there. <laughs> are there what? biscuits? I wasn't offering any biscuits. There's always biscuits. We're in a wee work. There's biscuits and beer. Um, that gives an overall score of 4.35938. That's which, really good, that. Yeah, above, well above four. So that's a good standings. Um, and let's go to Twitter. Uh, as always, before we, re we record, we put a shout out on Twitter. And in this case, I said, we're reviewing Inside Man with a woman and Scott Wright's film. Have you seen it? Gives you thoughts for an on-air shout out um, and gives a score out of five. And we had one response. Uh, I'm on since you, you chose a film. Do you want to? 
read the response? Yeah, so it's from Christy Andrea Tujigu. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Um, she gave it three and a half stars. Saw it at the cinema when it first came out, is what she said. That's not much of a review, but I guess there's a score there. Yep, I mean, there's a score and <laughs> a description, so uh, <laughs> yes. But we, we'll do this for um, every time we're recording, so do follow us on Twitter and look out for them and send in your reviews, please. Well, um, yes, can you sign off, guys, by telling people, reminding people where they can find you online, on the internet or wherever, and um, say sayonara or whichever salutation you want to give? <laughs> sure, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Wright's Film, and uh, my Instagram is exactly the same, so it's nice and easy. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at A Woman. You can find me on Instagram at Anonymous23. I like to switch it up because that's cooler. <laughs> Peace. Is it cooler or you just, uh, it doesn't matter. So, uh, so, I think that's code for saying that I'm lazy. <laughs> so we just did a quick recce check. And listeners, you can go on our website, flixwatcher.tv forward slash scoreboard to find out where the previous films lie in the in the mix. And um, you can sort it by, by film, uh, by the overall score. And this is kind of sitting about top 20-ish, just above American Psycho. Ooh. Uh, no, just above Terminator. Below American Psycho, okay. as it stands at the moment, which I think is a decent place to sit. Yeah, yeah, I can vibe with that. Um, where did ter- Training Day? I think it beats Training Day actually. Oh, I'm not, I'm yeah, not Training sure Day yeah, yeah. Training Day got four point two six eight. Um, Still good. I think I'd have Training Day higher, but this is. I need. I need to I go really back and look at how you guys rated that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the list. Went yeah. wrong. Well, you can you can listen. <laughs> Please do download <laughs> that episode. Go to our <laughs> Type in training day. You can listen to exactly what went wrong in that <laughs> rescoring period. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production